Even that Justin Bieber video, it took me a really long time to produce and get out there. And the song wasn't even trending anymore. It was like, it was so old at that point. And I just, like, I really believed in the concept. And so I pushed it through. And that was kind of the first time where I'm like, oh, I don't have to follow trends and whatever's new. And um, of course, you have to be mindful of it, but you, you create from within and there will be an audience out there that wants to see it. You're listening to Creative Breakthrough, the podcast that provides you with the strategies to elevate your creative passion to the next level. I'm your host, creative hustler, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassam, aka The Funny Brown Girl. And yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Is your mind always running? Do you struggle focusing? Do you have a hard time turning off after your nine to five to focus on your creative passion? Well, then I may have an answer for you, CBD. CBD is an active ingredient in cannabis derived from the hemp plant, but unlike its cousin marijuana, it doesn't give you the psychotic high. And it's legal in most places, including the United States. Since I introduced CBD into my daily life, I've felt less anxious and more creative. It's helped me sleep better, be more relaxed, and most of all, it's helped me turn off after a stressful day and focus on my creative hustles. If you want to learn more, check out HoorayForCBD.com and use the code PODCAST to save 10% on your first purchase. Again, that's HoorayForCBD.com and promo code PODCAST to save 10% off any CBD purchase. Welcome back to another episode of The Creative Breakthrough. Guess what, guys? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? It's our one-year anniversary. Can you believe it? It has been one year. How time flies. I cannot even imagine. I was so nervous that I was not going to be able to keep this show going for more than six months because, as you can imagine, as a creative... I want to do so many different things. I want to pursue so many different projects, so many different passions. And I was nervous that I would not make it past six months doing this podcast before something else took away my attention. But here we are one year later. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been with me since the beginning and all our new listeners. I am grateful to each and every one of you. As I was reminiscing about our one-year anniversary, I started to think about when I posted the first episode of this podcast, and it was October 11th, 2018, and I had picked that date in August, and because I finally said to myself in August, Shreen, you need to just pick a date and launch, and so that is the date I picked, October 11th, and that weekend, the weekend before I was going before I was launching this podcast, I got invited to come to New York to host an event. And so I had to have the podcast and everything ready to go before I left for New York. So Thursday morning, the podcast goes live. I'm like, okay, everything happened fine. I checked all, I checked Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts. I checked everywhere to make sure the podcast was live. And then I got on the plane and flew to New York. 
And when I landed in New York, I turned on my phone and I had a bunch of messages. I mean, emails, text messages, Facebook messages, just from friends and family and listeners and just anybody and everybody just saying, thank you so much for this podcast. This was great. What a great episode. You did amazing. This is going to be such a great podcast. So excited to listen to this. And it was just so much positive feedback. And so like I was feeling myself. I was like, yes, I, I did something great. I put out a great podcast. All that hard work was worth it. I get to New York. I check into my hotel. I go for a walk. I'm touring the city. I'm enjoying life. And then I get an email from a friend that says, hey, Shireen, loved your podcast. I think there's an editing issue. It seems that at minute 44, you are talking over your interviewee, which at the time was Tina Mabry. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm freaking out. I run back to the hotel room. I turn on the computer and lo and behold, yes, I had messed up on the editing and somehow I had moved a track so that we were both speaking at the same time. And it was going on for a couple minutes. And it was really, I was embarrassed. I was so embarrassed in my head. I was like, oh my God, people are going to think I'm disorganized and I didn't put in enough effort in this podcast and I didn't listen to the episode, which I did. So I don't understand how this happened. And all these things were going through my head. Like people must just think that I'm not, I didn't, I didn't put enough effort into this and hard work and that I just threw something out there. And so I fix the episode, right? I get everything fixed. I go back to upload it and it's not uploading. I'm in this I'm in a nice hotel room. I mean, I'm not going to say it was like the best hotel room, but it was a nice hotel room, but the internet sucked. And so it just wasn't uploading. And now it's like four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock. I have to get dressed to go to my event. I get dressed. I go to my event. I'm at my event. All I can keep thinking about is this podcast. I get home from the event. It's still uploading and I'm losing my mind. I'm like, oh my God, all these in that, in that time span, like 400 more people had listened to this podcast. And I'm like freaking out that 400 people think that I didn't put together a great episode. And so I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Finally, it's 3 a.m. and the podcast uploads and I'm like, oh, thank God. And I go to bed and I wake up the next morning and there's more emails and text messages from people saying they love the episode and they thought it was great. And I should have just left it at that. But I texted someone, actually two people, maybe three. And I said, hey, thank you so much for the positive feedback. Did you notice the little snafu in the episode? And they all were like, yeah, but like no big deal. We know it was your first episode. We all make mistakes. It's nothing that we were going to, that we thought was a big deal. And it was that moment that I stopped and was like, that just resonated with me. Like we all make mistakes. And that was such a powerful statement to me because I am so used to being a perfectionist. I will perfect everything until like my eyes hurt to the point where like, sometimes people have to be like, okay, Shereen, it's done. Just like, that's it. Like move on because I just want to make sure everything is perfect, that all my eyes are dotted and my T's are crossed. And I get really mad when people give me something that I'm like, this was half-assed. Like you didn't do enough work on this. Like go back and try again because I'm so used to like taking everything to that next level. So for me, when the podcast, when I found out that it was messed up, I took it really personally and I started making up all these stories in my head of what people thought. But really it just came down to the fact that people make mistakes. Not everybody is perfect. And I've really tried to hold that with me as over the last year, as I've been doing creative work, that it's okay to make mistakes. And so I say that to you because I want you to go out there. I want you to go and shine this month. I want you to make a goal to go do something and step out of your comfort comfort zone and shine. So what is that one thing? Is it posting that short story you've been procrastinating? Is it finally sharing your talent with the world? Or is it as simple as humble bragging about your wins on social media? Like everybody makes mistakes. So stop letting that hold you back from not doing something that you love or that you're passionate about. 
you can make that mistake. We're all human. We're allowed to make mistakes. And it, it took me that podcast episode to realize that. So I want to say again, thank you to all of you who've been there with me on this journey. It has been amazing. And I can't wait to keep bringing you more and more great episodes. Um, I want to give out a couple shout outs before we get started. I did this a couple weeks ago, but I want to do this again because our past guests are killing it in the game, guys. They are doing so many amazing things and we have so much to learn from them. And so if you haven't already, I want you to check out these three episodes, okay? Episode eight, we talked to Rizwan Munji, who was nominated for an Emmy Award for Schitt's Creek. He is now on the new hit show, Perfect Harmony on NBC which Lin-Manuel Miranda called, quote, very funny. I mean, if Lin-Manuel Miranda said anything that was, quote, very funny about me, I would just retire. So I'm just saying that this interview with Rizwan Manji is a must listen, especially if you're an aspiring actor. Next, I want you to listen to episode 21 with Sarah Thauer. Sarah Thauer is a drummer who appeared on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert this past weekend, where she drummed for Tegan and Sarah. How cool is that, guys? Like, I mean, I was having a total fangirl moment. If you are interested at all in the arts, about music, in, in instrumental, or just about even becoming a social influencer, which is, she talks about that a lot, how she became a social influencer and a brand ambassador, this is the episode for you. And last, you should listen to episode 25. Shantae Wayans is on tour with Tiffany Haddish right now on They Ready Tour. Tiffany Haddish said when she made it big, which she has done if you don't know, when she made it big, she would take on tour four other females who were ready for their big break. And so Shantae Wayans is on tour with her. So definitely check out that episode, episode 25. Also check out Shantae's tour schedule. If she's in a city near you, you should definitely go check her out. And then you should go up to her and tell her you listen to her episode on the creative breakthrough and give her a big hug and tell her Shireen loves her because I have a fangirl crush on her too. Okay, I also want to give a shout out to one of our listeners, Samuel Krupe. Samuel Krupe posted in our Facebook group, which if you're not part of, you should definitely join, which is very easy. You just go to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash Facebook. In June, he posted that he's a 15-year science teacher who decided to put his musical talents out to the world and become a DJ. He said it was his midlife crisis. This week, his online DJ show is now trending at number 57 on Mixcloud Bass. Congratulations, Samuel, for following your dreams. That is so cool, and I look forward to seeing you move up and up on that chart. Okay, now, are you guys ready to get started? This week's guest is one of my closest friends. And I say that because I'm also a fangirl of her. So I'm going to call her my closest friend. We also have the same name. So she's automatically like my best friend. I met her last summer in Lisbon, Portugal. We had the chance to work together at the Jubilee Arts Festival. And I knew right away I wanted to have her on this podcast. Unfortunately, due to her schedule and my schedule, we could not make that work. But today she is here with us. Introducing Shireen Lada, a professional dancer, choreographer, artist, instructor, and social influencer based in Toronto, Canada. She's the director of the popular YouTube channel Dance with SL that has now over 100,000 subscribers and 20 million views and features dance covers and tutorials to the latest Bollywood hits. She's been named Google Canada YouTube's next 15 Canadian stars on the rise, Top 100 Canadian Women with Cool Jobs, Canada's Top Female Artist, and 2019 New Establishment Innovator Award winner. Shireen has also been profiled by BuzzFeed, The Globe and Mail, Huffington Post, CTV, CBC, Breakfast Television, and Strategy Magazine for her work. 
Dance with SL is also the creative force behind several YouTube viral videos, including viral sensation Mafi, the Bollywood cover of Justin Bieber's Sorry, and the hit touring stage shows Roots, A Journey Through India, and Rila, From Roots to Dreams. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome to the guest chair, Shireen. Thank you so much, Shireen. <laughs> Every time we, we were emailing back and forth and your email would pop up in my email box, I'd be like, "How? why am I emailing myself? What is going on? I'm so confused. <laughs> but you pronounce it differently than I do, right? Uh, well, Shireen is like what the Americans say and then sharing is what sharing. the brown okay. people And say. I'm even adamant with brown people that it's Shireen. Shireen Lada. That's so funny. <laughs> I remember I used to piss you off over the summer. No, it was no, it was just so endearing. You were just like, okay, I have to say my own name, but differently. <laughs> so for the listeners, I met Shireen Lada last summer in, in Portugal. We were both uh, performing at the Jubilee Arts Festival in Lisbon, Portugal. Shireen was actually our choreographer and she was also doing solo dances. She was killing it in front of royalty. Oh, thank you. In front of royalty, yeah. too. <laughs> hey, listen, well, take what you me. can get. I, I say royalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate the plug. Okay. <laughs> so, Shireen, I always love asking my guests this question. How did you, how did your creative journey begin? Um, well, I am, I'm a dancer. I think that's the, the kind of first thing um, that I introduce myself as and, you know, probably the biggest part of my identity, I feel. And so that started, I started training when I was four. So very early on in life. <laughs> and then it's, you know, just as a studio dancer, you train. Um, so I trained in ballet and jazz and hip hop, contemporary, modern, um, all those things. And then on the um, more cultural side, I did classical, two forms of classical Indian dance, Bharatanatyam and Kathak. Um, and then I started doing it professionally when I was 15. Um, and then kind of haven't stopped since then. <laughs> but that's not all you do, right? No, it's not. Um, I have uh, a whole, you know, I guess more of a conventional nine to five, but I, I very much look at it as um, a career. So the whole time I was in, you know, doing my undergrad, um, then worked, then, you know, did an MBA. Um, I was dancing the whole time, but um, definitely pursued um, a career, a more, you know, traditional career, you could say. Um, and I work as a senior strategist at an advertising company uh, here in Toronto. Very cool. So tell me a little bit, how do you balance two careers? Like how do you balance your day career versus your night career? So I, I think I, before I used to look at it as, you know, um, my nine to five and my five to nine. And I, I tried to separate the two things in terms of like, okay, this is who I am at work and this is, you know, who I am in my dance and, you know, artistic career. I would say that now though, like, it's just, it's all part of me. Like one doesn't stop and the other starts. Um, I'm always in this mode of thinking creatively and my, um, my job allows me to do that. Um, you know, being in advertising and communications at, you know, one of the biggest advertising agencies in the world, the, the creativity is appreciated and encouraged. Um, so that part of my brain is kind of always on. Um, but definitely in terms of scheduling, like I have to carve out the time. And, um, you know, when work gets crazy, 
the dance thing takes a bit of a backseat and, and vice versa. So you are, you are a YouTube star. I mean, you have what over, is it a, what I forget what your subscriber numbers are. It's over a hundred thousand now, which is, yeah, which is crazy. Which is crazy. That's huge. It's like, congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. So does it, does it ever become an issue kind of at work where people think you're going to blow up and leave or like, how do those conversations go where you're able to manage a side hustle? Well, and I know it's not a side hustle. It's like an actual business. It's like your career. How do you manage those perceptions at work that you're, you're at work doing your job and that's your second job? Yeah, I, I, ha- I kind of have to give this spiel, um, I'd say. I mean, I, it's funny because I actually get asked that more outside of work than I do in work that, um, oh, so when are you going to leave your job and pursue dance full time? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I haven't done that in my entire career thus far. I've, I haven't taken any time off. Um, and I've still managed to grow this dance thing into, you know, something, um, and I, I like the, I like the balancing act. I liked, I like having, um, my dance life and my, um, my artistic sort of side. And, you know, when that gets tiring or frustrating, I have this whole other outlet to express myself through as a, um, as a strategist mm-hmm. at my job and vice versa. Like when that gets really crazy, I have the outlet of dance to channel things into. And, um, you know, when I was interviewing for the current role I have, um, I was interviewing at a few companies and one, um, one person I was interviewing with, not at my current place, but somewhere else kind of framed the whole thing as, oh, well, you know, I, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm assured that, um, you know, your dance thing won't you know, detract from your career here. And I didn't like the framing of that because I want to bring my whole self to work. This is my entire being. Mm-hmm. Um, and the place that I'm working at now, my boss actually hired me because I have this whole creative side in my life. And I, I think I really sold through, but I, I practice it every day that my learnings as an artist help me as a strategist mm-hmm. and, and vice versa. Um, but you know, that's, that's kind of the whole reason he hired me. He's like, you have this whole other side, you have this whole other perspective, you live and breathe building your own brand every day. So certainly you can do that for our clients. That's awesome. So like, did you tell him that in the interview? Like, did, or did he know that before you came into the interview? So, so, um, I, I think I told him in the interview, but before, before I did my MBA, I used to very much separate my dance stuff with, you know, this is professional Shireen and this is dancer Shireen. And all my dance stuff was under, you know, an alias on social media. And I didn't really combine the two things because I thought that people would look at it as unprofessional, to be honest. And it was kind of, you know, through the MBA and through this exercise of being challenged constantly of, okay, you're going to go out and try to get a job now, what makes you unique um, in the job market and as a strategist? And I kept coming back to, well, I'm truly a creative strategist because I have this whole other side of my life. And that's kind of when I realized, like, I have to combine these two things. And a company that's going to hire me is going to hire me as Shereen Lada, not as, okay, she's a good strategist and she checks these bu- uh, buckets. Like, I, I wanted to bring, you know, my whole being to work and you spend so much time there. I mean, like, why, why wouldn't you, 
Right. So if you had found the dream job, like the best ad company in the world and you wanted to work for them and they said they would give you the job offer, but you couldn't, you couldn't dance, what would you do? I would, I would say no. You would say no. Okay. Yeah. It's an easy no. I don't even have to think about that. I mean, I, I need that side of my life. Um, And I mean, that side of my life evolves too, you know, like I don't think I will perform forever. Um, I don't think I'll do YouTube forever. Um, You know, that, that part of my life will evolve. Um, But no, I, I need that, that side of my life that that's, what makes me who I am. Exactly. No, I'm asking that because yeah, I, f- I find that I fall in the same category because I have my my corporate gig and then I have my comedy and I've had managers. I actually just recently had a manager who just despised the fact that I didn't commit my life to 100% to work and getting promoted. And like the whole idea of doing something else other than focusing on work was like appalling to her. And it's so, it's so hard because for her that, that just felt like I didn't have enough drive in me to be focused on my career. And I was like, no, you're, you're totally missing the point. Yeah. I mean, that's a strength. And I think, I think the landscape in terms of recruitment and the way companies look at people coming into their, their organization, they look at it differently now. Um, you know, and even the term, work-life balance, I think is sort of out of date. It's about bringing your whole self to work and integrating every part of your being, um, and bringing that unique perspective. And I think if, um, if employers or managers don't look at it that way, you don't want to work there. Right. Exactly. And it, it also makes it less stressful. Cause like now you don't have to hide who you are. Like you don't have to, you don't have to make excuses why you need to leave work early. It's like an open conversation. Totally. Totally. And and it's supported too. I mean, um, they, they know I work hard and they know I produce great things for them. Um, you know, all of my vacation is to, you know, go perform in Portugal or go perform (laughs) and do it, you know, um, they, they know I'm, I'm always working. (laughs) Yes. Well, and that's, that's great that you were able to find that. Did it take you a long time to find that, like to find someone who was invested in what you, who you were? Um, so, I mean, yes and no. Like I, right after the MBA, I was working at a different company for, you know, just over two years. And even though the dance thing was, um, you know, I, I brought that to work and I, I, um, I, did, I certainly didn't hide it at that point. I don't think it was embraced as fully as it is now. And, um, and I mean, I was, I was looking to leave the other company. So I was interviewing at a couple places and this is kind of what sold me on this company. And I think it just takes that, it takes that one person there that really believes in it. Um, but like I said, like, I think the mentality around that is, is changing. And I, I truly believe that it's, it's a selling point and it's a strength. Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully I haven't, I haven't <laughs> seen it that strongly, but I, I, I wait for that day where people are like, Oh, you sound so passionate about comedy. You don't seem passionate about working here. <laughs> and it's like, well, I don't work here yet. So it's hard for me to be passionate. Yeah. <laughs> passion. yeah. But I mean, it's, it's also like, they'll see passion for, you know, the, the thing that you do and the thing that you're good at. And I, I think with me, I'm like, I'm, I'm passionate about both sides of my life. Exactly. Um, yeah. And like, I found a way to integrate them. I, I've found the right way to articulate how they complement each other. Um, and this whole exercise, I mean, what I do every day is branding and communications and I've built a personal brand and a business. So, um, you know, I've, I've found the right way to integrate and then articulate that. 
Yeah. And I think that's super important too, for you mm-hmm. to know your story, right? Like, mm-hmm. what are you trying to do? Totally. So now you, you mentioned this a few times, you went back for your MBA. So you, you already had started the YouTube channel. You were doing amazing work as a dancer, artistic director, choreographer. Why go back for your MBA? So I actually started my YouTube channel just after I finished my MBA. So I always knew I wanted to do a, a postgrad. I had done my undergrad um, in business at McGill um, and then, you know, worked for about three years. And I, it was always part of my, um, you know, aspirations in, you know, the education field and always part of my career trajectory that I knew I wanted to go do an MBA eventually and a, a postgrad and the timing was just right. Um the YouTube channel, though, started uh, like a month after I graduated. I think it was like this realization I had, especially towards the tail end of my MBA, that um, it was in part, you know, building on, on you know, this, this is the thing that makes me unique and creating a brand out of it. And also in part, you know, having danced for so many years and dancing on various companies. And um, it was just a a time where I felt all this creativity kind of like bubbling within me where I was like, okay, now I have to create my own thing um, and, and choreograph and, and show people my work. Um, so it kind of came as a, a result of those two things. Got it. Okay. Okay. So how do you find, do you feel that the MBA has helped you on your YouTube channel? Yeah, absolutely. The The business learnings, certainly. Um, you know, I after my undergrad, I spent you know, three years in, in marketing analytics and research, um, then the MBA and now, you know, working as a strategist, you know, in, in advertising and comms, it, the MBA helps me and, and what I do every day helps me in challenges. Um, what I'm doing in, in the YouTube realm and the, the brand building realm of, of my own channel. Um, and just like that, I mean, you know, having the YouTube channel and looking at the back end and the analytics and understanding how to create content that helps with what I do every day for my clients. That's great. So how did you get started on YouTube? Like, how did you, how were you able to kind of grow so fast? I, it's a, it's a weird story because I, all I did was host a class um, and it was meant to to be in the confines of this studio and teach my choreography to dancers that were, you know, coming out and kind of announced myself as like, okay, now I'm an instructor and a choreographer. And I recorded the class, a videographer did it for me and we edited together and I threw it up on YouTube and it, it did really well. Like it got, it got, you know, hundreds of thousands of views. And I will say that this was during a time um, I've been doing it for four years now. This was during a time where there, there weren't that many creators on YouTube doing what I do, which is like this Bollywood, um, choreography, uh, you know, like Bollywood hip hop fusion. That was the video that I had posted at the time. And there weren't know, a lot of people. Did you know that at the time that you were entering a niche market? Was like that part of your strategy? I okay. I did. I did know that I was entering that market and I had seen these class videos done, um, you know, from, LA and New York of all these really famous choreographers. And I'm like, yeah, it would be really dope if I did that for Bollywood and kind of just tried my hand at it. And then after that first video, it was, 
it wasn't like, okay, I waited to see how things were going and then decided to produce a second one. It was just like video after video after video. I was at one point I was producing every single week and the, the kind of appetite from my audience was there and it was growing and building. And, um, it was a great place to just experiment. And I was, um, I was kind of passionate about the experimentation of it. Um, so it was just literally a ton of production for months and months and months. And the channel was growing. And then, um, just under a year, I'd say like maybe like nine months, six months. I don't remember after I, after I posted that first video, I posted one that went like very viral. That's the Justin um, Bieber one. That's the Justin okay. Bieber one. So it was like, it didn't get as many views as some of my other videos, but it got all the news coverage like Buzzfeed and HuffPost and CTV. It was on the, like, it was global, um, in terms of, you know, how it was, how it, you know, spread and, and became viral. And that was the point where I was like, okay, I got, I have to continue doing this. That's awesome. Yeah. I saw that one. That was really cool. That was one of my faves. <laughs> so a lot of people, I guess this is a two-part question. A lot of people would say, wow, that you you put in a lot of work. You were hustling every night. You had a day job. Like, where does that motivation come from? I don't know. Maybe it's because <laughs> I'm a Capricorn. I just, honestly, I don't, I don't know. It's something, it's definitely something innate. It's within me. It's not, um, I don't have to convince myself and maybe it's just because I really love doing it. I don't have to go and convince myself to go produce something. I want to, like I have 10 ideas on the table at any point. And, you know, the only thing stopping me is like scheduling a videographer and dancers and costuming and like all that stuff. It's just, I love doing it so much um, that it's, it's not a question. Like why wouldn't I, use my free time to do this. It's, it's definitely innate. So I want to be, I'm going to be that obnoxious person who asked, <laughs> so why not do it full time? I really do love this other part of my life. I, I have to say like, I, you know, dance is tough. Um, it's tough on your body physically. It's tough mentally. Um, you know, being part of various companies for years and years and the dynamics and, um, it's hard and it's not something that I, you know, I'm not going to perform forever. Certainly I realize the limitations of that being a, a dancer and performer. Um, I know that'll have to change and evolve. And I, I think thus far I've been able to build something pretty cool and pretty successful while also having this other part of my life, um, so why stop? I think is a question like if I can balance it and it's, um, I have this work ethic and I have this drive and it's, it's gone the way it's gone thus far. I'm kind of just like, yeah, why, why stop? Do you, do you see that? I mean, you said you can't dance forever, but do you see the brand that you're building evolving into something else? I do. And I think that that's a big part of it. I think if I had, you know, um, finished high school at, 18 and gone to LA and pursued dance in that route, I would have been a, a backup dancer and I would have toured as a backup dancer. I don't know that I would have made a name for myself. And right now people are hiring me for me. They, they're hiring me to perform, not just a Bollywood act or a Bollywood dancer. It's we're hiring Shereen Lada. And I think that that's 
that's special and something that, you know, you, you don't always get as a, as a dancer. And I, I, I'm really intrigued by that. So what advice do you have for creatives about brand building? You have to understand your story. I think um, you don't have to understand it perfectly to start doing it, um, to start, you know, building content and, you know, putting your work out there. But you have to understand what your unique proposition is to the world. Um, why are people engaging with you? Why are they, um, what makes them intrigued by your art and what is your art doing for the world? I think you have to, you have to kind of go through the exercise of that. Um, and then I feel like the branding, you know, all the, the design aspects and, you know, the content creation aspects, they kind of fall out of that, this, this self-awareness and this understanding of what you bring to the table. Interesting. So is this, is this a exercise you do like constantly? Yeah, I feel like I'm always reevaluating it because what I was doing four years ago, you know, the space has gotten really crowded. When I started, there was like maybe 10 of us doing it on YouTube. There are thousands now. Um, you don't need to have, um, you know, a videographer come, you can record something on your phone and upload it onto YouTube. Like it's a crowded space now. And I have to constantly reinvent, um, what that special thing is that I'm, that I'm bringing. Mm -hmm. And is that through research or, and like watching other people? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you kind of strategize? So I, I think it used to be in part, like, yeah, what else is going on in the space? Um, you know, there's definitely a formula if you, if you want to get a lot of views on a video, um, you know, do whatever's trending, um, you know, produce something that is, you know, of medi mediocre quality, but it's trending. So it's going to get the views. I think in doing that though, you, um, you build short-term success and sacrifice long-term subscribers, you know, people that, that care about your stuff. But, um, I think recently for me, that process has been more evaluating. Like I know that what I produce and the, the stuff that I put out, I know that there's an audience that is going to engage with it and I get feedback from them. And I feel like, you know, through four years of navigating YouTube and navigating performance and, you know, touring shows, I, I believe that whatever I want to create now is going to be right to create. Like I'm finally in that space where I don't need to do something that is trending or um, gimmicky or anything. I can actually create the things I want to create. And because I'm doing that and coming from a place of here's my artistic perspective and um, you know, here's a piece of work I wanted to create, I, I can do that. Hey, it's me, Shereen. Sorry to interrupt. Creative Breakthrough listeners, are you enjoying this episode? If so, I have a quick favor. Could you leave us a review, whether on Apple, SoundCloud, or whatever platform you're listening from? It's a great way to pay it forward and let other creatives know about the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay, I'll get back to the original interview now. Thanks. Bye. Right. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like that's so important for creatives. We, we spend so much of our time trying to create what we think people want versus what we actually want. It's, it's so true. Even, um, even that Justin Bieber video, it took me a really long time to produce and get out there. And the song wasn't even trending anymore. It was like, it was so old at that point. And I just, 
like, I really believed in the concept. And so I pushed it through. And that was kind of the first time where I'm like, oh, I don't have to follow trends and whatever's new. And um, of course, you have to be mindful of it. But you, you create from within. And there will be an audience out there that wants to see it. Yes. No, totally true. I think that's for any creative, for film, acting, comedy. It's so true. Agree. So true. Find yeah. your voice and then people will come. Exactly. So what is your creative goal with the YouTube channel and the dance and mixing it with your professional career? Like, what do you see yourself doing in 10 years? Oh, gosh, it's so hard <laughs> to talk about, you know, 10 years in the future or like a goal that I have with it because it's constantly being reinvented. Um, I don't think when I started my YouTube channel, I don't think I ever thought that it would grow this much. I don't think I ever thought that I would tour. I've toured two shows now, two stage shows. I don't think I ever thought that people would hire me to come, you know, fly across the world and perform. And that that's something that was, you know, adapted and, and, you know, the business part of it was adapted to accommodate for that along the way. And it was literally just, you know, opportunity after opportunity. There's, there's things like on a bucket list, maybe that I want to do with dance, but literally in 10 years, I have no idea where it's going to be. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. Um, in, in terms of like bucket list things though, I mean, I, I always wanted to produce, um, you know, a, like a physical installation that is dance related, which I'll actually be doing this year. So that's oh, like congrats. check. I don't know what Thank that means, you. but that sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it's part of Nuit Blanche um, in Toronto and it's like an all night art exhibit and dancers, I, I don't, I, it's very rare for a dancer to get a placement in that. It's usually like built environment and videography and photography and um, sculpture and that kind of stuff. So that was, that was a big one. Um, you know, if I, people always like assume that Bollywood is my end goal and it's, it's definitely not, but to be in a, a song or something, you know, to work in that industry would be cool, but definitely not an, an end goal, something that would just be nice along the way. I want to um, do that too, but I have right? to lose some weight because my abs do not look like they would. <laughs> I look like an auntie. Uh, my body has no. an auntie look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you look great. And I think it's, um, I think that would be a, like a welcome, certainly from my perspective, that would be welcome to see in Bollywood. Well, we should I don't want to see, say, I don't want to see the same stuff over and over again. I want to see people that are different. <laughs> well, I appreciate being different. Thank yeah. you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Unique. Unique, certainly. So Bollywood, a stage show, what else? Like what, I guess when you say, so you say YouTube was to go away tomorrow, like what is your, what are you hoping to do? I, I think I'm in this space right now where like, you know, I've, I, I produce for YouTube and it's very different producing videos than it is to perform live. And I think, you know, with the remaining years I have with, you know, to perform live, um, I just, I, the next couple of years for me, are performance heavy. Like there's nothing like being on a stage and in front of an audience, you know, in arena that you saw in, in Lisbon, like there's nothing like that feeling in the world. And I think the next couple of years for me, I, I certainly want to just perform as, as much as I can until my body gives out. <laughs> yes. I love that. I'm, and I'm asking you these questions because I feel like a lot of people say to me, I just want to be a YouTube star, but 
it for them that's it's like a box like they just want to be a youtube star and they're not really thinking how are they going to use that platform um to kind of expand and grow their brand and build themselves up because youtube facebook instagram yeah. could all disappear within the next year or two you never know right you never um, know what are you building towards and so i love that you have a plan like you have strategized what you're going to do mm-hmm. every step of the well, i mean you don't have every step of the week i'm not saying you're like but like, you know what you're doing, like you're, you have a visual. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, it's so different, like being a YouTuber or YouTube creator, it's like, that's not what I define myself as. YouTube's give, YouTube's been a, an amazing platform um, to showcase my work, but I'm a dancer first. Like I'm an artist first. Um, and YouTube is, yeah, a platform that I can showcase my work to the world. And I think, yeah, if you're, if your brand is, is based around the platform and the capabilities of it, you're right. It could go away tomorrow. It could change tomorrow. Um, and what do you, what do you hold on to from that? And I was a dancer before there was YouTube (laughs) and that's, that's what I am first. Exactly. Nope. And I love Mm -hmm. that too. I love how you, you, you're able to say like, this is your goal. This is who you Mm -hmm. are. Yeah. So what advice do you have for creatives on their journey, whether they're a dancer or they're trying trying out on YouTube or playing around with social media? Like what advice do you have for them from your journey? Take every opportunity to learn. Um, and I think that's, you know, that that's not maybe applicable to all the arts, but certainly in dance, you can't stop training. Like you You've never finished training as a dancer, you know, as an, as an artist, um, there's always new things to learn, um, new ways to push yourself. And in this process of, you know, I, I believe in, you know, constantly reinventing and and learning and that's the best way to do it is to constantly train and, and learn. And I would say at the same time as you're doing that, you're not going to have everything absolutely perfect before you decide to show your art to the world. Um, you learn along the way and you'll make mistakes, but you learn from those mistakes and you, you get better. So, you know, people that are starting like on Instagram or on YouTube or whatever they're, I find that they spend so much time in the planning phase and they're like, okay, well, I need this perfect thing before I can post it. And you don't. It doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs to be you and you have to believe in it as an artist and just start doing it. And that's how you learn. Yeah. No, that's that's so true. It's about it's about flexing that creative muscle. It's about mm-hmm. using that muscle and making sure it's sharp or strong, exactly whatever muscle. Exactly. Is. <laughs> <laughs> strong. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into the lightning round. I'm gonna ask you five okay. questions. Rapid fire, just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, on the spot. Okay. <laughs> okay. You'll be fine. <laughs> what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Uh, stop trying so hard. <laughs> I don't think you've taken that advice. <laughs> do you used to try harder than you do now? <laughs> I mean, I think I just put so much emphasis on this thing that I just talked about, like, oh, it has to be perfect. It, um, everything needs to be perfect. And I, you just have to let go a little bit. And it flows. Things happen. And yeah. 
So Stop the, trying so hard. <laughs> this is not a lightning round question, but on that, I wanted to ask you, because you are so busy and you do have your day job and your night job. How do you, what is your self-care regimen? Um, I, I work out. I work out. It's like, it's the, it's like my me time. Um, and it's, it's a time where I am not dancing and I'm not being, you know, this ad strategist and I can just chill and get in my zone and not have to think about anything else. And, um, and come out of that feeling kind of renewed. So that's, that's the outlet. Okay. Love that. What is your definition of success? Um, being happy. I know that's so, so cliche. Um, and I probably would have had a completely different answer for you a year ago, but when you're happy in what you're doing, um, and you're like, hell yeah, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not afraid anymore. That's what success looks like to me. What would have the answer been a year ago? It probably would have been like, oh, well, I need to tour another show and I need to produce this many videos for YouTube and I have to get hired here and I have to make X amount of money. And it's, it's not about that. It's about, um, it's about living and, and just not being afraid anymore, being Mm -hmm. happy. Love it. Who inspires you and why? Um, another very cliche. Okay. I'll give you two answers for this (laughs) because the first one is really cliche, but it's so true. Um, and it's my parents. And the reason being was because they so tirelessly supported me in this pursuit of something very unconventional, you know, sometimes in the past looked down upon in um, my community and they just tirelessly supported it. You drove me to dance practice and shows and, um, you know, continue to post about me all the time on their Facebook and email their friends. And like, that is inspiring. And I, I hope to do that, you know, for, for people like for my dancers and my community one day, just support them the way that, you know, my parents supported me. And then in the dance realm, um, a big inspiration is Madhuri. I don't know if you're familiar. Yes. Nixon, um, that one? Yes. Okay. So she has been my dance inspiration my whole life, uh, continues to be. Um, and and that's who I that's who I look up to and aspire to be like one day. Have you met her? No, I'm dying to. I don't know what I would do. Cry, <laughs> uh, not know what to say. I I don't I don't know. We'll have to make that happen. Yeah, one day we will. We'll we'll get we'll get it. There. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. I'll send her this podcast, and then she'll yes. be like, <laughs> she'll be like, I need to meet this uh, random girl from Toronto. Yeah, and I like Madhuri too because she's not. He's a uh, like she seems. I, I mean, I don't know her, but in the movie, she comes across as normal. Yeah. She seems very normal. And she, like, she just, she trains so hard. Like she's a very accomplished actress and continues to train and better herself and reinvent herself. And she's still in movies and she looks fabulous. And her, like, I've never seen a dancer more graceful and inspiring than her. What's a habit that's helped you on your journey? this, this work ethic, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a habit. It's certainly a, a quality that I have. Like I, I 
sacrifice a little bit of a social life <laughs> in the name of working um, on the YouTube thing and on the day job thing. And yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's the, like, that's, I attribute everything to that. So a little deeper on that, because a lot of people are like, I don't want to, I don't want to give up hanging out with my friends and I don't want to give up going <laughs> to the club. Like, do you find that looking back in your life that you gave up that stuff, but it has made such a big difference in where you are today? Absolutely. And something's got to give in your life. So that thing for me is not going to be sleep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up a second of, you know, being able to dance or to go perform somewhere. Um, that's just, that's what makes me happy. And, you know, it's my reason for being. And um, yeah, I think you, you know, you want to pursue this like double life, um, you know, do all the things, something has to give in your life and you have to decide what that thing is and recognize it. Yep. And then you have to be, um, you have to assure yourself or be positive that, you're going to, it's going to make it worth it in the long run. Like you have to believe in that. Exactly. And like, to me, the, like, <laughs> I, I find spaces and time to do that. It's just, you know, doing it all the time and yeah, going out and all that stuff that that's not going to contribute to, um, to my path. Right. Yep. I'm totally with you. I yeah. was in the same boat. It was like going out drinking every night. And then I was like, I could be doing comedy every night and like actually like getting somewhere. Um, and, it, but it was all that's hard what makes decision. you happy. Right? Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah. That's what, like you really realize like this is, you know, when you have a moment where you're like, hell yeah, this is why I exist that you know that that's what you should be putting your time in. Yep. And you can drink yeah. one day a week. You don't have to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then you'll have a Bollywood dancer body. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Don't even get me started on the pressure around that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you want your legacy to be? Last question. Um. Oh, that's tough. I, I want to have paved the way and I, I will expand. I feel like all my answers sound so cliche, but I will expand on that. And, you know, I, we both come from a community where the arts, when we were younger, certainly weren't encouraged. Um, they were actually maybe even looked down upon, let alone encouraged. And I think, I pursued it during a time where it was kind of like that. And now I'm seeing so many people in my community um, actually pursue this as a career and, you know, ha have all the support around them to do that. Um, and I, I meet people, you know, in, certainly in Lisbon, I, I did, but I get messages and I meet people, you know, who say that, Oh, like, yeah, my daughter or my son is, is dancing and they, they watch your videos. And I, that that's so encouraging to me because I feel like I'm, you know, I'm sacrificing a lot to model this, this career of like, look, you can do both. It's possible. Um, and it makes you better at everything you do. It makes you more, a more well-rounded person. And I want to be that example for people who are having a tough time selling it. <laughs> yep. 
No, I love that. And I think that that was the most amazing part about last summer in in Lisbon, being able to showcase our talents in front of thousands of people and let them see like, this is something this not only can you do this, like not only do we have that ability to do this, but like it's acceptable. And there is a there is a career in it. There is a platform. Yeah. And certainly on that stage, I, I do feel like a lot of people looked at it as look where the arts can get you, you know, like you were hosting and that was something that was like, oh, well, look where, you know, comedy and sketches and like, look where that can get you. And my thing with dance is like, oh, well, look where dance can get you, you know, performing on a stage like this. Um, And that's, yeah, that's, that's what I want my legacy to be is having, you know, done something very unique and having paved the way for, um, for aspiring artists. So Shireen, if our listeners wanted to find you online and stay in touch, where could they do that? So now, because nothing is under an alias, they can. <laughs> <laughs> um, all my handles are at Shireen Lada um, on Instagram um, and YouTube, or you can look up Dance with SL and everything will come up. Was Dance with SL your uh, pseudonym? It was, it was, so, it was something different and more embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> it was like Miss Lada. Oh God. <laughs> That's like 2013, 2011, Shireen. <laughs> but Dance with SL was then the company that I, I formed. And obviously my initials are in it and everything is under Shireen Lada. Got it. Well, don't feel mm-hmm. bad. When I started doing comedy, I went as Funny Brown Girl. I wouldn't tell anyone my real Funny name. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and they'd be like, do you have a last name to put on the flyer? I'm like, no, it's just Funny Brown Girl. That's it. There's no first name there's no last name. It's funny Brown girl. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, is like, what's the sad reality is people probably still call you that like, Oh, that funny Brown girl. What's her (laughs) name? Just like with me, they're probably like, Oh, that, that dance, that smiley dancer girl. Yeah. Yeah. So I should just change mine to Brown dancer girl or a smiley dancer girl. Cause that's (laughs) what people know. (laughs) You should get that URL. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Shireen. This has been great. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Good luck with everything. I can't wait to keep seeing how you're killing it in thank the game. You. Like, every day I'm like, oh my God, this girl keeps mm-hmm. doing more and more. So I'm, I'm watching you and rooting for you. <laughs> A million things. <laughs> thank you. Wow, that was a super inspiring conversation. I definitely learned a lot. Some key takeaways from Shireen. One, create for yourself, not for others. Two, it's possible to balance two careers. And yes, your side hustle is a career. Three, be open with your corporate job about your creative side hustle. It's a positive for the company and you should be valued for it. Four, bring your whole self to work. Don't hide who you are. Five, understand your unique proposition to the world and build on it. Six, build your brand outside of social media. Seven, do your research and know your niche. Eight, continue to assess your position in the market and change your strategy as needed. Nine, take care of yourself. And 10, keep learning. Follow me on Instagram at funnybrowngirl and share with me your wins and success stories. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please share. If you're inspired by this episode, please leave a review. And don't forget, you've got to shine this month. October is your month to shine. And let me know what that shine is. And we can post about it. We can talk about it on this show and we can make it known to the world. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thanks for listening. 
stay connected about upcoming resources, including opportunities, festivals, competitions, and grants to help you grow your creative passion by subscribing to my bi-monthly newsletter by visiting funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. Don't miss out on a life-changing opportunity and subscribe today at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And hey, if you decide to go on Instagram today, follow me. I'm Funny Brown Girl. I'm Shereen Kassam, and you've been listening to Creative Breakthrough. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning.